eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. I'm not going very far. It's too uncomfortable. I'm in a hurry. Sometimes I just forget. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. You're not only putting yourself at risk of injury or death, it could also cost you lots of money. Cops are writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey guys, before we get started, I want to tell you about Dodge. This spring, the Brotherhood of Muscle is looking for new members, and the only way to join is to get behind the wheel of Dodge's only family of all-wheel drive muscle cars. The Dodge Charger, the only muscle car in its class to throw you back in your seat with 300 horsepower and still get 30 miles per gallon. You know, the Dodge Challenger, you know, the groundhog didn't see its shadow. It heard the rev of the most affordable V8 in its class. And the Dodge Journey. Maximize your adventure with the most powerful third-row all-wheel drive vehicle in its class. And certainly the Dodge Durango. Tear through April showers with the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive availability in its class. Hurry into your Dodge dealership and start your introduction to the Brotherhood of Muscle. Hello and welcome to Castro Carcast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, and here with Bill Goldberg. What's up? Oh man, this is going to be an exciting show. We've got your buddy Mark Warman on the phone from Graveyard Cars on uh, on Velocity, which I guess now is the Motor Trend Network. You're heading into season nine of this show, but you guys have built a bunch of cars together, so we got to get into some of this stuff. Hello, Mark. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, buddy? Doing real good. Uh, you Thanks know, for having me on, man. I, I swear we've met before, possibly at SEMA or something. Uh, I, I can't recall exactly where, but it's good to finally chat with you and spend some time with you. Um, but let's get into this. So let's get it, uh, a little bit into the background. So the show heading into Season 9, is I believe, or you're, you're doing Season 9 now? Let's see. Season 9 right now, I believe, is the one that's airing on Velocity. Okay. And then uh, as soon as that wraps up, which we're actually just shoot, I think by the end of next week, we're done shooting it. It'll air over the next three or four weeks-ish, something to that effect. Damn, and that's a quick turnaround. Season 10. That's a quick turnaround, Warman. Three weeks oh, to get crazy. a show in the can. Look at you guys. You're uh, you're <laughs> off and running. That's right. Well, I'm not necessarily proud of the fact we're so far behind that guys are doing suicide shifts all, all the time. But we are knocking them out. If we'll... Like stuff that we're going to film today and tomorrow probably will be on next Wednesday's episode, which is Jesus. which is great from one standpoint because everything's really topical. <laughs> well, that's that's one positive. <laughs> yeah, a- I, I could almost set the calendar by that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's good turnaround, but you know we need more time. We just got a little bit behind with all the events that were happening here and got behind in our production, but now we're kind of getting our legs under us again, and I think we'll have more of the normal lead time should be. 30 to 60 days from the time we harvest something to the time it becomes a bit. Yeah, it's always it always uh, it impresses me how you guys can pull off doing the amount of, of cars and content that you create for these shows, given the timeline of the shows. I mean, you know, Bill, you just you just came back from filming basically an entire season of, of Knife or Death. 
and knowing what goes into a show like that, there's not a lot of like, hey, man, we're going to film Monday, Tuesday. This is going to air next Wednesday. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and get it done. One, there's a cost involved. There's timing involved. There's, there's planning. and and That's a lot of people working their asses off behind the scenes to make yeah, that happen. Yeah, it is. But these guys got to build cars in the process. So um, this season nine that we're into right now, how many cars or projects do you work on in the season, in the TV season? In the TV season, we could touch on we could touch on featuring either as a main through line car, being that we would reveal it at the end of the season, or touch on it meaning we might just do a power intro and say the nineteen sixty eight Plymouth GTX by Goldberg is one of so and so. But between that, we probably touch on fifteen or twenty cars throughout the season, with usually around four to seven, maybe eight uh, main cars that actually get delivered in the course of the season. So I'm doing the math in my head. So when you see your vehicle uh, being featured on the show, there's a pretty good chance that at the end of that given season produced – you can see the completion, so I'm, I'm trying to crunch the numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's trying to find out when his cars are going to be done. <laughs> Look, cue ball, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know. I'm trying, man. It's all I know good. you're trying. You're a clever little guy, but I see coming a mile away. You might as well hope signals up, buddy. It's all good. <laughs> all right. How I many, know. How many got... An E for effort. When did you guys first connect? It's been a few years. What was the first project? Where did you guys first connect? Well, he. I first met him when he was in my autograph line. And um, no, go go ahead. You crazy? Yeah. You were in my autograph. <laughs> well, that, oh, that's for sure. That's true. Man, he was shaking like a little kid, you know, all nervous and stuff. I was I crying. Here, I was crying yeah. too. Man. It's Mark. It's Mark. <laughs> How did we meet, Bill? Somebody introduced us. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, one of the one of was the it? cars, the red Superbird uh, or the Daytona, the Daytona. The, guy. the other cue ball, the other Miss Uncle Fester, yeah. Yeah, the other yeah, Uncle Fester. Yeah, that was Fester. Tom Partridge, yep. yeah. Partridge hooked me up with you, and the rest is freaking history. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, you had to go through the whole curve with us. Uh, Bill's been here for the whole ride. The staff change. He got to meet the infamous Darren. you got to say, Darren's one of a kind, huh? Bill? That was great, man. You know, I showed up there to do the first <laughs> episode that I had with you, and Darren shaves his freaking eyebrows off. <laughs> why is, is, no we still don't know why dollar question but then mark mark paints him in with a with a sharpie <laughs> as you should <laughs> a marker Perfect. a sharpie I he looks like uncle leo from seinfeld but you know what i was hooked from the beginning yeah yeah he, he, bill is such a great supporter he if you go back to behind the uh, scene thing when bill was out the very very first time he had a heart-to-heart with me because I was really just getting started at it, and I think we were in season two, if I have to guess, and uh, maybe it could have been three. I'm, I'm not positive, but early days, early days, and I was picking his brain on the business end of things, and boy, he sure was the right guy to sit down and talk with. And the main thing that I got that I walked away uh, from our conversations early on was this this undertone, this constant undertone of doing the right thing, which is an easy thing to say, but it in, that interprets that whatever you're doing, if you're doing it with the network, if you're doing a car for somebody, if you're just meeting somebody, if it's a fan in the line, do the right thing. Do what your heart tells you to do and forget getting big and, and huffy and puffy and all that stuff. And, you know, it probably would never have happened with me because my mom raised me, you know, the way that Bill's talking about. But... It did speak to his character and why you, I follow him, of course, on Twitter and all the different social medias. He'll take time when somebody says, hey, it's my birthday. I'd love a, a retweet. He'll do it. He'll do it every time he can see it. If he sees it, he does it. And that's, that's, a, good, that's a good-hearted person, and that's people that I like to align myself with. So, Bill, I don't know if I ever told you thank you, but I do appreciate it. Well, all, the, all the rubbing aside there, I do appreciate Thank you, thank you very much for the kind words, Mark. It's uh, it, it it takes one to know one, and at the end of the day, with all the bullshit going on in the world, um, it's nice uh, that we have a common denominator, which is the car hobby, um, sure. to kind of even the plane out to to all the people that are involved in it. Once you step out of your car, whether it costs four bucks or four million bucks, the first uh, the first subject matter is you know the other person's vehicle or the the 
the stories that you have about yours and it, it puts everybody on the same playing field and at the end of the day i think for the most part uh people in the in the car culture are good inherently good people they really are and very um, salt of the earth is what you if that if that's a term i could use that's what you typically find across the board there are high-end collectors, but even at their very heart of hearts, just because they're rich doesn't mean they're not salt-of-the-earth type people, you know? Absolutely. And I think that what we offer is a distraction for people in life. And if that distraction happens to be something as cool as a muscle car, so much the better. And it's a good, clean hobby. And the people that do it, like you say, they're good-hearted people. Uh, they're hard-working people that appreciate what we do. And that's what I see people say about you in social media is it love that you're a real true car guy and the feedback that we get in our social media is the the appreciation they have for our attention to detail and our passion to do something that not a lot of people are doing or would want to even do for that matter. So, well, that yeah, you I, you put your heart and soul into it. Every nut and bolt that you ins, that you restore and install back on of a uh, consumer or uh, customer's car, you care about it. You care about uh it's authenticity. You care about its correctness. You care about the story. And when we're moving towards autonomous vehicles closer and closer, these stories are going to be null and void from the current generation of people that walk this earth. And, um, you know, for the people who care about the inherently important things in life, uh, it's, it's, something, it's something really to step back and, and really look at because it's, it's shaped. Americans' lives for such a long period of time. God, I mean, pretty much way before we even thought about cars. And we're know, the last purveyors. I mean, it, it shaped them. There's, in our very original pilot episode that just aired for our 100th, uh, we proud to celebrate our 100th uh, episode aired about, uh, what was it, about three or four weeks ago, I guess. And we featured, our, we featured, of course, the original pilot as a celebration of that 100th episode because it was pretty raw. Made it with a couple of camcorders and a Mr. Microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. Mr. Microphone. Oh, God. That's was, uh, yeah, that day. Hey, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty cool because there was a little documentary. We did a little thing called an OE documentary, and we talked about the history of hot rods and cars and OE restoration. And it's funny, there was a whole culture going on before you and I probably even got on this planet of guys in their cars, and it was an extension of who they were, and it was a celebration of how they rolled. And it's been that way, I think, since the darn things were invented. So you're right, it is part of Americana. And it is part of the fabric of, of this country for sure. Yeah, and it's going away, and we're we're yes. responsible for you know passing that down to a generation that you know was probably going to be the last to drive a vehicle. So. We want to well, make sure I mean, we still have cars that we love. And on last week's episode, we were talking about how Ford is going to be stop making a bunch of their cars, and it kind of hmm. takes some of it out of of the industry. I mean, sure, we love trucks and the SUVs and things like that, but and they're going to keep the Mustang. But it's 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 the cars and trucks that that we've seen over the last. Almost hundred years, and initially you feel fans. slighted as a consumer. <laughs> yeah, that's you the do. first thing that I felt when yeah. I heard that. It's such a business now that you know what happened to the race on Sunday and, and sell on Monday. Well, look at it, NASCAR's attendance. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. I mean, they've gone down significantly. Both their their live attendance and their television Your audience shit. is 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 really kind of down. But um, I mean, that being said. I'm going out next week to Indy 500, which I've never been to. Oh, yeah. Um, so we need to get into that as well. Um, so you mentioned that Daytona was probably one of the first cars you guys worked on together. Well, he, it, that, the, he had a customer that um, had the car in the shop, and he had a way to get a hold of me. And they asked if I would like to be a guest on the show, and they made contact with me. And, yeah, I, like I said, I was trying to restore my 68 convertible GTX at the time. Yeah. Yeah, have, I know the car. And having nothing but issues. And lo and behold, my knight in shining armor comes riding in on a white <laughs> yeah. horse. Mr. Mopar steps up. That's how it happens, too. I can yeah. do it. So was the GTX the first car that you guys did together? Yes, sir. Yeah. Walk me through it. What did you guys do? Well, it was it was the as many stories of restoration go. 
it was uh, up in, I don't know, Orange County somewhere. Long story short, the the uh, business closes down. I get the car in boxes. It was painted, yeah. but I, it was a shell. Now I remember, had you had you had a hard top as well, and you were the well, strategy the, was a little I, bit like maybe well, I can use one as a map for the other. That's what I did. I bought the hard top, which was a completely unmolested vehicle, had never been touched, and I put it side by side, and I was literally trying to duplicate everything. Yeah, and I was having a serious issue with the finish on the bolts. Um, no matter what finish I yeah. put on them, they were turning freaking yellow, you know? Oh, interesting. And right at that time, I started watching the show. And yeah. I'm extremely anal about a lot of things, especially my cars. And if I want something, if I want something done, I want it done right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I took it upon myself to take the time and to do the proper uh, due diligence as far as, uh, uh, you know, the proper finish. And it, it didn't mean that I could actually do it. And I was finding that out in real time. I was getting very pissed off, very frustrated, because I want things to be the best. And I want it to be the highest quality. And lo and behold, I turn the show on, and there's a guy doing it, taking what I am trying to do to another level. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not comparing quality. I'm comparing passion. Mentality. 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 Absolutely. You know, it, it comes down to experience as well. Like so much of when you know, we we restore cars here at the shop and stuff, it's just uh, you know, you you add up the hours, the amount of hours you have just in the research. Oh, yeah. you, you is, can't duplicate that. It's probably you more than they have in the car. Guys. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you can't pay money to have that research, you know, shoved right. in your head so that you can yep. recall it. It's, yeah. it. It takes time. It takes effort. It's like racing a car. It's seat, seat time. Seat you ain't going to get out there and be good around the track the first time. It's over and over and over again. Well, right. to, that, to that point, really, that is that in essence is the whole thing behind the OE restoration is <clears> – <throat> It's one thing is to have the knowledge in your head, which I have some. I don't have all. I have some. And what happens is, because I'm human and not a computer, <laughs> I I can't remember. I can't bring it all up that quick. And so, you know, to your point, Bill, about when you bought the GTX as a template or a pattern, the other one. Well, look, we call, what we call those cars out in the parking lot, out in our lot there, and we got nearly a hundred, if not over a hundred now. Are answering machines. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really just like 411. You go out back, you could spend hours and hours and hours going through the books. Dave Weiss makes the most comprehensive restoration manuals for nuts, bolts, fasteners, and OE restoration on the planet, bar none. But you could spend a lot of time surfing through those, and most people have to because they don't have the luxury of a parking lot like ours. But we do. So we'll go out back and we'll see that it's a nickel cadmium or a zinc finish originally on the bolt and what the head of the bolt and the marking was and was the seam sealer really sloppy right through this area. Because so many of the cars just, it isn't that they're necessarily 100% unmolested, untouched, because a true survivor car probably wouldn't be on my lot. (laughs) But they are going through the shop to be restored and there's a lot of originality in them. And so yes, having, having that mentality is the main thing. And then being able to put it to work and have the car come out correctly and even to this day every every day every single day i have to either research something that i thought that i knew or i'll occasionally have tony d'agostino call me up tony (laughs) tony will call me up and say oh yeah you you did that uh, wrong (laughs) well why don't you put that in a sentence and group some words together use conjunction words and help me out here uh, that that is supposed to be nickel. That would take uh-huh. way too long. <laughs> <laughs> so I still, even to this day, I and I will forever and ever. I think if you're not learning something, you're forgetting something. So it's a, it's a fun hobby. What's your favorite car that you've done? All the nine seasons. I, I I think I may know one or two that it could be. But what's your favorite car? My personal favorite, which has no bearing on value. It's what I would want to own and to drive. You and I have never had a conversation about value, man. Go straight <laughs> from the heart. I know, I know, but I'm, t- I'm, I'm not clarifying that for you. It's more for the people that are watching. Gotcha. Always got to say, somebody want to hear me go to convertible. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. I don't care what the MSRB on the car is. 1970 Dodge Charger, FK5 Burn Orange, 426 Hemi, 4-speed, 1 of 56 made. 410 Super Track Pack, black vinyl top, black bumblebee, black interior. Ooh. Yeah. 
Nice. And that car was without doubt took me back to my 70 Charger that's been long gone for many, many years and I have such fond memories of. I've always had a bit of a, a soft spot for the 70s while they're really of the second generation Chargers, they're the least popular because of the loop front grille and some styling changes. But for me, absolutely 100%, that was my, my all-time favorite and it's probably up there far enough that there isn't really necessarily a close second. Wow. There are, there are close seconds the 71 Phantasm Cuda was a blast to build because it was beautiful and it reminds me of the movie that we all fell in love with back in 79 mm-hmm. when Don Coscarelli made the movie. and So that was a real passionate car for me. Uh, equally probably to that as far as true, uh, the ability to be able to take a victory lap resided in that 71 Phantom Cuda that really started the show. Yeah. The one that everybody said couldn't be built, and we ended up building it, a couple, finishing it a couple seasons ago. It took us nine years. <laughs> but that was a, an amazing car that also always have a soft spot, spot in my heart because it really was the launching platform for graveyard cars. What's the coolest thing coming up on the show for the viewers, weeks to come? All-out all coolest car that probably will not be... Uh, will probably be revealed in the very first episode of next season in the fall is a 1970 Dodge Coronet RT convertible, 426 Hemi, <laughs> or super track pack. They made two of those cars. Wow. Jesus. And this is the only one left in existence. Wow, so, what a car. I can't wait yeah. to see that. <laughs> this is the 50-foot shark that everybody's read about and heard about and nobody's actually seen in real life. Yeah, so we got the crap, the wow and the cool factor, and of course, along with that is the big buck factor, just because they all happen to run together in the same. In the I same remember time. I went to Barrett one year specifically to get that seventy uh, uh, triple black uh, six pack car that I've got, and um, yeah. the front end of that car is so ugly that it's the one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I, I, I first thought it was hideous. Now I love it. It's it's just so cool. I just love that car. So I can I can only imagine what that convertible is going to look like. What's, Which what? car are you talking about, Bill, that you bought? The, the 70, the V-Code that we have? No, no, 70 triple black. I bought You You haven't seen the car. Triple black Coronet, uh, six-pack car, automatic. 70. RT. Yeah, RT. Oh, wow. No, I guess I haven't. One, of, one of 18. <laughs> A trip down south there and hang out for the weekend with you. Man, yeah, you I, can I, drive I, my truck back down here. <laughs> I think we're getting a bad connection. Always today, around right now, around lockers. What? Can you hear me now? <laughs> Mark, the convertible that you're working on. You said that there's two of them, one of two. What do you think that car is worth? Well, okay, um, it's an approximation. Um, it does not have the numbers matching original engine. It has an over-the-counter, non-stamped 73 Hemi block back when they were making them. So it's as close to a warranty replacement type engine. The transmission is original. Um, what color? It is uh, T7 copper. Gotcha. That's the uh, yeah, original color? Yeah, I remember that car. Is it? it is T7, right? Yeah, FT7. Yeah, copper. Th- that's the original color. That's the original color of the okay. car, white top with uh, uh, a, a copper-colored, a brownish co- copper <coughs> interior. Yeah. Bucket console shift and white convertible top and white bumblebee, all coated for it. And okay, of course, so- the Hemi, it's got the Ram Charger hood on it. It's an, it's an incredible car. It's, it's in your face. Well, you, Bill, you know that because you have the same basic thing there. That's a very... I want to see who ordered it. That's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see them as they walked in the dealer, writing that, filling that sheet out. I want to see what they look like. I want to know what was going through their mind. I know. I I, I feel just like you, and that's the dealership thing that I've been talking with you about, maybe getting going here, is is that feeling is being able to go back and experience what, we were too young to do, but but not too far away from the generation that could walk into Eugene Dodge and say, "Hey, uh, I, I you just, does Dodge Coronet RT? Do they make that with a Hemi? Yeah. They make it with a convertible? Yeah. Make it with a four speed? Yeah. 
is special order, and you tick all the boxes, and it's uh, it's fifty four hundred dollars in nineteen seventy. That's a guess, but that's probably not far off. Yeah. Now today, it's a million and a half ish. Yeah. So, wow. Best investment a person could probably make. That's for sure, man. Somewhere and they're out there right now. You know, yep. the cars are out there that are going to do the same thing. We can't know what they are. It, it, time has to almost establish the the value for the car. And, and in that time, it's it's the things that go along with it, pop culture. Are we going to have another, you know, Dukes of Hazard series that now makes famous the Dodge Demon Challengers that you have two of? They better do it really quick. <laughs> That's first, they better be in pre-production right now. <laughs> Because if not, they're not going to get it out before you know it's too late. And yeah, yeah, are they canceling that car? Is that what you're saying? No, I, you know, just well, we've just been having discussions about EPA and miles per gallon and cafe standards yeah. and government and, and Ford cars getting rid of their cars. And, yeah, it's just, and, it's, just it's it's kind of a turning of the tides, and we kind of feel like you know, hopefully, I mean, sure, we still have some some pretty amazing supercars, and we do like that. Uh, that these manufacturers are, are are still pushing forward with four GTs and demons and and trying to keep uh, the excitement alive, but but it's hard to live in the moment when we know that's the last push. Well, listen now, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject something here because I'm the antagonist. I think that the automotive industry, from the time it was even on the planet, the time it was invented, the time it became a thing, probably in the Ford era, right when he actually went to the mass production. They're the dog. They're the big dog. The automotives are the dog, and we're the fleas. And every generation or two or three, they'll shake us off like a bad case of fleas. And we all saw it in the, in the early 70s, right? And look where we are today. It, in, by 1972, you could not get an e-body, our famous Cooter or Challenger, with a big block. You couldn't even get it with a big block, not even a 383. It was gone. They went to styling cues instead of performance because kids are getting killed. Insurance rates are through the roof. Fuel's up to a dollar a gallon. Are you crazy? We can't make cars like that. And then slowly, slow, slow, you know, Buick Grand National, 1987, they kind of started throwing their hat back in the muscle ring. Yeah. The front engine, rear wheel drive. And then you watch the Mustangs, and all of a sudden that 5.0 Mustang started getting a little peppier and a little peppier. And you fast forward to 2018, and you have an 800-horsepower Challenger, all, all bets are off. So while they may be talking about planned obsolescence for some of these, I think it's just waiting for the next generation of fleas to drive the market. And I don't. I'm I not hope as you're right. As yeah. You guys are about it. That's just me. Yeah, yeah I, I, you, I agree. I hope you're right. Um, and we, you know, we do love some of the cars that are coming out. We've talked about the McLaren events recently. We talked about the Ford GT mm-hmm. and and Bill's on Absolutely. the fence whether or not he's going to do the, the this rally he's been invited to to drive a Ford GT. Um, I think you're excited about the car, a little less excited about the I don't the want tickets. to go to jail. I'm claustrophobic, <laughs> period. I asked, I asked Kurt if he'd pay the ticket. He said, hell no. And, and plus, it's not exactly the car where you get pulled over and you go, let's quickly change seats so they don't know it's me. Oh, good, yeah. yeah pour luck. me out of the seat so I can pour into the – yeah. No, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, for the record, Bill, just to interject, your picture is still in the post office here in Springfield. They're still looking for you from when you took us on the road test in your GTX. So I don't think you want to come here with your GTX. GT hey, nobody knew about Springfield until I drove the GTX at 300 miles an hour through that town. <laughs> if you're looking for Bill, he's in Atlanta. <laughs> I, yeah, Atlanta. I think Atlanta. do a little something about Springfield. Now, come on. Oh, you're right. <laughs> uh, don't be dissing on them. I would never do that, especially because <laughs> of the food, the places that we ate, that lunch place and the pr- place I had for breakfast. Place oh, I ate yeah. at breakfast. That place in, was awesome. My local fifties ha- hamburger joint. It's been around since the seventies. It used to be an A and W. Me and Bill are getting hungry, so we go down there, sit down at the bar. This lady starts floating around. I go there every Sunday for breakfast. Nobody gives two. Sh- can you cuss on this show? Shits, or no? shits <laughs> about you. Yeah. Now <laughs> two shits at Mark Mormon sitting at the table. Couldn't care less, right? But this lady starts hovering and buzzing around, and I look at her, and she's looking at us. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, it's probably recognizing you from the show. She walks over. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, what you what you got? Uh, are you Bill Goldberg? Oh fuck. <laughs> well, you live there. They're they're used to you. Can we get a picture? My brother just wants a picture with you. He comes out wearing a fin shirt and he's got a free hamburger. What am I? You know, I'm Hungry. sitting there on a, on a stool. I got to pay for my lunch. I don't got a new T-shirt. 
I'm more former from Graveyard Cars now. You didn't pay for your lunch. I did. <laughs> I wouldn't be too sure of that, mister. <laughs> you I got saved me. the receipt. Good job. And I think I- as usual on it. Good, okay. As usual. Come on. Boy, you get hit them. The next car invoice is going to have hamburger listed as one of the line items. Absolutely. <laughs> I was your guest. One. Uh, <laughs> what are you guys working on now? What are some of the projects you guys are working on together? There's more cars out there, right? Oh, gosh. Like, yeah. I've been hearing oh, about listen, a truck for um, weeks now, Mark. This, we, is why this is why you're on the show now. I've been hearing about it for longer than weeks, but I've been hearing about this uh, a truck that you're working on. and um God. What's what's uh, going yeah. on with that? Bill's got this. Uh, Go ahead, truck. just spit it out. All right, I'm Roll used to the abuse over my truck. Hey, I drive the shit out of that thing. I've got more use out of that truck, and you guys do nothing but uh, turn your nose up at it. That truck is a utilitarian vehicle. Without it's a, it's a Mad Max meets WWE. Man, it's a crazy thing. It's 19 feet in the air. It's got great big tires, huge things on it. It's <laughs> it's basically got bedliner sprayed on the outside of oh, it. Oh, we <laughs> talked about this. Yeah, I remember when you were getting that done. It's a utility yeah. truck, man. When I did Longest Yard, I brought the, the extras, the football players, down, and we cleared my land and put every stump and tree in the back of that truck. That's what it's for. Trucks are made to be used. <laughs> well, what we're doing with Bill's beautiful truck is putting a 392 crate Hemi in it, the same one that we put in our SEMA car two years ago. Yeah. So it's the 475 horse, I think. Uh, crate Hemi. We actually have that here, and I think we even unveiled that, didn't we, in the show? Yeah. So um, that's the truck that we're working on for him. We have a few other little things to do to it. It's got, uh, I think you just, Bill was telling me uh, you had a lift kit and some suspension things done, but it's got some drivability issues, so we got to dive into that. Most most likely, a good portion of it could just be the fact that it never got aligned correctly, but we'll find out what that is. And then we'll get the engine installed in it as well. Uh, but why? But why are you doing it? Have it built because but, it's just to make sure that it now's the time to do it. Um, other yep. than that, I don't think we're doing a whole lot to it. But yeah, what but, are you? What are you showing your audience? Yeah, the, Bill's got a good question. Truck? After nine seasons, a hundred episodes, working on one and a half million dollar cars, why are you working on Bill's truck? Well, I, not, don't present <laughs> it like that, you dick. <laughs> That's not very nice at all. That wasn't nice <laughs> at all. Why wouldn't I work on this Bill's is, truck? Th- 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 I get Bill's I emotional value truck, honestly, to the truck. I am a friend. That's the, the main thing. Is no, but you, got, you guys going to be doing something kind of cool. But promotion-wise, Mopar Performance yeah. wants Mopar, to show Mopar. what? what They want to show that guys like me in these old trucks what? Yeah, well, let's let's make sure I get the proper praise here before we move forward here. So don't <laughs> throw me under the carpet here. Now, I am doing it because I love Bill Goldberg. He is my friend. Because I don't care who else it is. I'm not interested in putting an engine in a rolled-over, kicked-in pile of monkey dung that's 18 feet in the air. It's not my thing. Yeah, but his will... real feelings about my truck just came out. <laughs> Jeez, but I will do it for thought my I was being harsh. I was being nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when he reached out and said, uh, you know, he needed an engine, I thought I had a burning question in the back of my mind about something, and that was with these uh, two cars that we've done, the SEMA Superbird and the 71 Cuda uh, two seasons ago, the engines came with their new controller units, which are amazing. Right. I mean, they make it simple. You hook up four wires and you're running. You can put it in a bathtub, and the engine would run with those four wires connected. But what happens when you have a truck that already had a 5.7 in it, already has a computer, already has the program, already has the controllers? It's already a truck. What is the difficulty in modifying that up to a 392 Hemi? Right, And so that's why I was as interested when I got hold of the team back there. I said, listen, I want to do this thing, and I think that our audience at home, while it isn't Mopar muscle, it is Mopar. And I do think that there's probably a lot more people driving Dodge Rams than there are 71 Himikuta convertibles. So I think there's a real teachable thing here. And so I, a lot of motivation behind me jumping in, besides the friendship factor, was that I wanted to know how it worked. And that's what we're going to show next season on Graveyard Cars, is how the the install won't be much to speak of. We'll show how we do it. It's going to be the connections, because that's the most intimidating factor about running a new school engine in an old school car, is always the connections and making it run. So I'm, I'm excited to see that happen, and I'm excited to go out and see how that thing performs with that engine. See, I, do you see what he did there? Yeah. He is a freaking professional because he's acting like 
in real time, it hasn't been installed already, you know, <laughs> yeah. for future, you know, use for, for uh, but, but you know, he, he, he covered it up well. You're yeah. saying it's done. It's already done, it's but done. he just made it sound like they're, gotcha. they're going to do it. Here so you soon. don't get it until they film a reveal, oh, even absolutely. if it's done, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, no, look. exactly. I mean, if you showed up right now, sure, I could get it from out. <laughs> I see. Well, we're right near Burbank Airport, so he might show up. You never really know. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be right there. I think um, I'll meet him at the front door with a. <laughs> Like I am two hundred and nine pounds. You're in good shape, dude. Is I'm it still going? Still experience. going well? <laughs> well, I'm trying. You know, I went had a rough time here. We lost mom a couple weeks ago, Bill. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, sorry to hear oh about that. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, that was. Uh, that's a, <sighs> even say it because I really hoped it would never happen, and I knew someday it had to, but. Um, well, our you know, condolences with, are with you, my friend. Yeah, uh, thank you, Bill. I know you and I both talked about it. Um, she uh, she's an amazing person. She's who I am right now. When you watch me and you see the show, uh, the 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 morals and uh, the love that I have for my family and for fans is a legitimate one that's just kind of baked in. Uh, so everything I do, you know, is really a reflection of who she stood for. So I am uh, as proud and as honored to carry on that tradition. I she was a, a good she was a born again uh, little girl at the age of 14 led to the Lord, and so I know she's up there right now fighting for me, and that's I can live with that. You got it, boy. Oh, anyway, because of those things, uh, not to sidetrack there, but um, yeah, because of all the things that have been going on, I didn't, I haven't been at the gym. Uh, I was going really hard there. I found a little local gym that was kind of like Mighty Mix from the original Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ham and egg gym, no fancy equipment, just, just grunts. And I was doing really well, and then Mom took sick, and I, I got about five months under my belt working with her, taking care of her. So I'm getting back next week, and uh, just start going at it kind of so, slow. Uh, but I haven't put my weight back on. I've kept my weight off. I was 242, and like I say, I fluctuate between 209 and 212 is kind of where I run until uh, I get back in the gym. But uh, I still think I could spear you. I, I watched you in that uh, <laughs> wrestling uh, for the title. And I thought, yeah, I think if I come out of that corner just fast enough. It's possible. It, Anything's possible. It's possible, right? It's not impossible. It's not likely, but it is possible. Maybe if you drove the truck. <laughs> if he drove the truck. If he drove yeah. the truck to try to spear you with the truck. But, oh, remember, it's not. Only room for one comedian. It's not ready it. yet. So no, it's he not can't ready drive yet. it. No. So. Yeah, we don't know if it runs. Who knows what's going on? You never um, know. You know, on the topic of the truck, I thought you brought up a good point. I mean, taking one of the older muscle cars that's carbureted with a conventional fuel pump and stuff and converting it to a fuel injected modern uh, power plant, uh, bringing in that wiring harness and the control unit and everything. Uh, I get that. That's actually probably a little bit easier than taking something that has a modern engine in it because not only are you swapping it out, what can you use? Do you have to replace all the wiring harness? Do you use the new stuff? How do you make it work with the gauge cluster? Do you have to take a modern-day gauge cluster you know, or go to aftermarket gauges? That's uh, right. Electronic it's plug, it's transmission. Plug and play you know, now, like how do you How do you start handling shifts and, and, and what? And then – uh, on top of that, you've got to be able to dial it in for a truck that's 19 feet in the air, as you said, yeah. and and it needs to be a workhorse. I mean, this isn't going into a you know a 3,000 pound car. This is going right. into a, a big truck that needs to do stuff. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting route to go by using this engine as opposed to maybe some sort of diesel crate engine. And it gives that's people right. you're, you're nailed right on the head, right on the money with that. Absolutely, 100. percent Those are all the things that you mentioned right there. In the case of Arcuda and the Superbird, the biggest challenge was bolting them in the car, which really wasn't that much because Ron down at uh, Magnum Force, he makes a suspension that will bolt right onto that thing. So we bolted in, and you're bypassing everything that the car normally has for electrical, and you're just connecting these four wires. And also all you have to do is mount the ECM and the PCM somewhere that's out of the way. We try to keep things looking factory. And then what we do on those, because we want to use the original gauges, but they're a different type of a signal, Yeah, we just put in a, a, a break-off and go to a regular... So like the oil pressure sending unit, we put a T in that, and we run the original oil pressure sending unit signal to the correct wiring harness for the new controller. So 
so it's all still talking, so it still has the, the Sentinel that'll cut off the engine if the pressure gets low. But then on the other side of it, we just have an old school, I guess, analog style gauge that reads over to our gauges inside the car. So we have, we still have full instrumentation. Even the tachometer, we have a way to convert it and make the tachometer work off of it. Yeah. So, but yeah, going into that truck now, we're not going to have any of that. Do we put a whole controller in? and then try to get it to talk to the body control module in the truck. These are the things, well, obviously, since the truck's done, I know the answer to, but uh, right. But anyway, I don't, I don't know what it's going to bring for us, but we're going to find out. Yeah, right. I think it's going to be challenging, but according to the guys back at Mopar, we have a couple guys we talked to, Ed back there, real sharp guy. Um, he, it's nothing to him. He says, no, no, this, 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 connect this, and then fire it up and see what you got. So it'll uh, it'll be interesting, but that is one of the vehicles that we're going to do for this fall's uh, gra- uh, graveyard car season. That'll be coming up, I think, in October. Yeah. Okay. And before we wrap up, what other uh, what other vehicles can we look forward to this season as we're watching it, or what, or maybe the next season, whatever you guys are working on? What sort of what cool projects? Yeah. Man. I mean, you told us about the cool convertible the show. And stuff. Yeah. But what uh, what else you got? Okay. So here's some of the cars that are going to be that you're going to either see completely restored or we're going to be working on, and then I'll leave the last one, which is my favorite one, uh, at the end. So we got a '69 Dodge Charger RT. It's an MM1 turbine bronze metallic one owner car. Was a real rusty car when it came in. It's completely finished except for some minor assembly on it. It's got a white bumblebee, white interior, and it's probably the prettiest. Excuse me, it's a '68 '68 Charger. My bad. Uh, 69 GTX that we're doing, uh, very similar to uh, Bill's car, except a hardtop version. We have a 69 CUDA, which is now the CUDA name actually did not come out in 70 on the new E-Body platform. It came out in late 69 on the A-Body cars, the A-Series. So we have a real 69 CUDA 383 four-speed car, an AAR CUDA EF8 green four-speed that we're restoring, 68 Charger RT that'll be in the very first episode getting delivered, which is a green-on-green 440 automatic air conditioning car. A 70 Hemi Cuda, which is a automatic alpine white blue painted roof. Very unusual car. Wow. Mr. Norm's 71 Dodge Demon 346-pack Mr. Norm's conversion car. And a 72 Duster that, two years ago a guy came to me and said... My mother bought me a car for graduation in 1972. It was a Plymouth Duster. Eight years later, she got sick, and we had to sell the car. She died a few years after that. I've always wanted that car. I have the original window sticker from it. I have everything, but the car's long gone. We are duplicating his window sticker. Nice. Duplicating nice. It. When he comes out here, he is going to probably ball the entire time he's here. And so will you. And I will, too, because of the extension that that car is going to, or the, the, the touching on his, you know, memories that that car is going to have for him. Same color, same wheels. He put five slot. He put five spokes on it. Every second day thing he did to it, we are going to show the exact same thing for him. He's a nice guy. Wow. He's been waiting for it. And that's going to be an amazing thing. And that is part of what Graveyard Motors is going to be, is if we don't have a car on the lot, let us build you one like you remember in high school. Yes, sir. The last car that we're going to be working on and we have to have done because it's going to be at SEMA 2018 is what I have renamed or named officially the Little Dead Wagon. we got a 1964 Dodge A100 pickup, which very much like the one Bill Maverick used to do the wheel standards at all the events around the country with. It was called the Little Red Wagon. Ours is the Little Dead Wagon. And we're putting a uh, Mopar Performance 426 Hemi built by Ray Barton in it. Uh, Blower Shop 871 Polish uh, Supercharger and Dual 850 Demons on it, which for a vehicle that's supposed to stand wheelies, I'm told might not be a good idea for carburetors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The angle, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the angle of the dangle there, right? Yeah. Well, I doubt very much I'll be pulling any major wheelies with it. It's mostly a show vehicle. But, uh, yeah, that's a really neat rig. That's our own car. We're going to unveil that at the Mopar booth in 18. So nice. and that's just a glance at the first half of the season, uh, which they're calling season 10. And then right after the first of the year, they'll do season 11, which will be in the process of filming as well. So you guys have us around for at least... 26 more episodes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 
Hang on one second. I'm going to tell you guys first about the Dodge Spring Sales Event. Hurry to the Dodge Spring Sales Event today and become the newest member of the Brotherhood of Muscle. Check out this lineup. The Dodge Charger. You can own the road and the pump with up to 300 horsepower and 30 miles per gallon. The Dodge Challenger is the most affordable V8 in its class. The Dodge Journey the most powerful three-row all-wheel drive vehicle in its class. Of course, the Dodge Durango, which is the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive availability in its class. Your initiation to the Brotherhood of Muscle starts at your local Dodge dealership. So we love that lineup of cars. Mark, have you been to the um, Woodward Dream Cruise? No, I have not been to that, and that is one I would love to go to. I just want to say one thing about your uh, your announcement there on the Dodge stuff. Two weeks ago, I bought a brand-new 2018 Dodge Durango RT. Yeah. And uh, it is a beautiful, amazing rig. Now, I don't remember exactly what it was that tripped it, but this one has a really cool hood. It looks very Hellcat-ish on the hood. It is a beautiful vehicle. My other car that Suzanne drives is a 2016 Charger with a 3.6-liter V6. That's the one that gets 30 miles a gallon that creates 300 horsepower. Just let that let that sink in. Yeah. V6, 30 miles to the gallon, and the same horsepower close to, actually more than, the horsepower of a 340 high-performance engine would have been in 1970. And almost as much, actually even more, I'm going to go I'm gonna go up one more, the 346-pack. It even has more horsepower than that. Yeah. So, that yeah, not to plug them, but, you know, I'm a Dodge guy. No, no, my, no, you're going to read all my ads from now on, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I drive a 2016 Shaker. Uh, black car, sunroof, uh, really neat car, uh, stick shift. Uh, yeah, we're a Mopar family. Well, um, the uh, you said you haven't been to the Woodward Dream Cruise, so the I, I guess it's like a week long event. They close everything down up there, and they have a good time. And the weekend before August 11th, our friends at Roadkill uh, they're doing a Roadkill Nights event. They're doing some drag racing stuff. Oh, Bill and I are going to be up there to do a live car cast show with Dodge on August 11th. And that oh, wow. day, we're trying to set it up. He and I are going to drag race each other down Woodward oh. Avenue in a couple of Hellcats. <laughs> so if you get a chance to uh, oh, to make man. it out to that event, you should you should go out there. I'm gonna. I, I know you've got sea time, Bill. You know how to drive those cars. I, I'm going to try to figure something out. I'm You're gonna, gonna, hey, man, <laughs> to continue with my uh, automotive emasculation, I'm sure you'll kick my ass. No, I think it's uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be fun and something that we can have some fun with and, and show everybody what those cars are capable of doing. Um, and we're 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 sort of designing the situation right now, and where we're going to do the live show. But they've got like a like a big rig truck with a rooftop deck, and we're going to do. I think we're going to do our show from the roof of that thing, oh, and a whole bunch of people that. can gather around and listen to us uh, do something live. We're going to have some great guests on the show, some drag racers, some of the bosses over at Dodge uh, oh, to to oh. chat with us as well. So. Um, again, well, as we put together more details, we'll let you know. But plan on August 11th down at uh, Roadkill Nights, the Woodward uh, Dream Cruise type of event. Again, I think the Dream Cruise itself is the weekend after, but August 11th is uh, is going to be our date. Um, and I'm excited about doing it. And I'll I'm, be taking a private plane from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. From, the, from hopefully the second season of Knife or Death, uh, and I'll be flying right back home afterwards. There you go. Um <laughs> Uh, Mark, thank you so much for calling in. Guys, Graveyard Cars, of course, on Velocity, which I believe is now the Motor Trend Network. I don't know when they're doing the switch or if they've done the switch yet, but that's happening. I think Uh, in the fall it officially changes name. I think it's September they've got it slated to become uh, Motor Trend Television, I think, or something to that effect. The Car Enthusiast Network. I I think, I, I, I can't speak for them, but I believe I read something to that effect online. Yeah, so they sent out the announcement about it. Um, go to graveyardcars.com. You can check out his website. You can find him on Twitter at GYC underscore Mark. Um, and then uh, before we quickly wrap up, I know you guys are kicking around an idea. Maybe, I don't know if we can say it or not, about a dealership you guys are planning on possibly doing. Mark, do the skinny yeah. real quick. Well, tell us about that. You guys are possibly teaming up to do uh, some sort of dealership. Is that right? Well, I've had this vision for a while now, and uh, to get it executed the way that I need it to be executed, I need somebody that shares my passion, and that's why I reached out to Bill. Bottom line is this. I'll just describe what it'll be like. You can fill in all the blanks. You walk onto a, a, a lot that looks exactly like it was built in 1970. 
There are cars in the back row just like there would have been at a dealership in 1970. This is a Dodge Chrysler Plymouth only used dealership. Be clear on that. Back row, Rat Row has a 446 pack, 69.5 A12 car that's rotten to its core, but it's all numbers matching. You can buy it, take it home, buy it, have me restore it, whatever you want. You might go to the middle row, which is cars that are drivers. I've looked at them. Every one I've personally inspected and given you the skinny on it. It is numbers or it isn't numbers. It needs restored, it doesn't need restored. Maybe it's a really nice car, but these are the things that needs to be a number one car. You you buy that and you get my, my blessing on that car. Then you got the front row cars, which are completely restored cars, most likely by me, but there are other companies that do really good work, so as long as they pass my my inspection, then you're going to be able to buy those. If you don't see the car on the lot that you had in high school because it was a 71 Duster and it was B7 Blue, 344 speed car, hard to find today, you walk into the dealership showroom floor where there are survivor cars, original, low-mile, never-touched cars yeah. that are for sale or some for show. You walk over to the original 1970 Chrysler Plymouth books that they used, not replicas, the original books, so they smell 50 years old, and you go through and you pick out the car. It's the only difference is the prices. Yeah, so thank God. So if you're adding air conditioning to a 440 automatic charger, it isn't $18.70. <laughs> it's five grand. But you build out that car on a wish list form, and then we build the car exactly at Graveyard Cars to match what it is you just ordered. And you come in and pick up your restored brand new slash slash 1971 Duster 344 speed car. And there's nowhere in the world on the planet that's going to offer that, that's going to have the resources that we're going to have, that's going to specialize in one brand, just like our show does, and they said would never work. Never going to have a show about one line of car. Well, they were wrong, and they're going to be wrong about this. We are going to build a dealership that they come from all over the world to check our inventory before they look anywhere else. Yeah, I love it. It's going to be 10 minutes from Bill's house. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious. <laughs> Mormon and Goldberg's Graveyard Motors. Notice yeah. how it's- all right. Maybe Shop it's be here or we'll kill you. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> it's so violent. Um, all right, guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, uh, check us out on all of our social media. Again, I'm at uh, Moderator on uh, pretty much everything. Uh, follow <laughs> Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter and Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage with an S on Instagram. Always cool projects going on for both of us, so follow uh, follow all of our social media to follow that up. Uh, again, thank you, Mark. It's been great. GraveyardCars.com. Check that out and, and watch the show on uh, on the newly branded Motor Trend Network. Uh, Bill, as always, thank you so much. Um, and until next time, uh, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. <laughs> See ya! Thank you, Mr. Warman. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.